Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello. It's a bit of a different start, me starting to speak rather than you. I know, I know. But, um, yeah. It yeah, is. slightly different. It's also slightly different in the sense that we're going to talk about NFL. I know, right? Uh, it's, not, it's not going to be the um, mainstream European sports today, which is very exciting. I know, it's um, very weird. So, you being the bigger fanatic of NFL than me, why don't you start the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the NFL, um, obviously, COVID is ravaging America right now, like way, way worse than we've got it over here. And that's obviously meant that there's been loads of delays uh, with the start of the NFL season. So, their season should already have started in the sense that their preseason so they, they their season finishes in february with the super bowl and then they've got a little off season period until i think it's around easter time april when they have the draft and then the week after that they've got these mini training camps mm-hmm. so they'll get players in to do um just some training drills and things start to learn concepts of the offense and the defense and things they obviously haven't been able to do that. So that's massively affected teams in that sense. So they've been doing all of it remotely and they've had to. Uh, so I follow uh, the Cleveland Browns on, on YouTube. I'm subscribed to them. And you can see them, uh, the way that they're doing it is they're, is they're having to record all of their workouts, send that to the strength and conditioning coaches and then have their team meetings over Zoom, which sucks. You know, I don't want to be recording the pod over Zoom or whatever, but it is where we are right now. So, you know, they're having to make do in all that kind of way. And right now, they're supposed to be having their pre-season, like, warm-up matches. So they'll have three games, which don't mean anything to the season at all. It's basically for the coaches to decide who they're going to select as the backups, basically. The starters never play in the pre-season because, you know, American football's a violent sport and who the hell would want to... Um, play in a preseason game for that. So the so this doesn't really affect uh, the starters so much, but it massively massively affects the backups who aren't going to be getting much money at all. And they're you know the coaches don't know what they're working with because they haven't seen the players every day. They haven't seen them train. They haven't seen them play matches. So in that sense, you know you get all these hidden gems every year. There's always one guy who's a massive surprise who comes through, who's drafted in the later rounds of the draft. And we don't know who that could be. The coaches could well be missing out on, you've got guys like Antonio Brown and Tom Brady who were drafted in the last round of the NFL draft. So there's the potential that we could be missing out this year on a guy like that who could be a superstar but just hasn't been picked up by one of these teams. So what I find quite intriguing with um, just any sports in America, Mm. uh, whether it's football or whether it's soccer or however you want to call it, Mm. it's it's very strange because, of course, you've got loads of different regions and every different region's got the relatively different um, hit of COVID. So say, for example... um, I don't know, Dallas or, De- or Denver, um, I know that they're potentially looking at um, having a possibility of having crowds in. Whereas if you look at the likes of, um, I don't know. Uh, New York, probably. New York, yeah, they're, they're just a complete no-no at the moment. 
Yeah. So it, it's very weird that one team can travel out to um, elsewhere, another region, another um, state, as you call it, and have a crowd there. But they come back mm. home, they've got no crowd there. You don't really have that in the UK, or we don't have that yet. I know that we, we're very much in a um, localised lockdown as such, but mm. I, I, I don't see a government being able to say, well, actually... If you're playing in Leicester, that's fine. If you're playing in Birmingham, no, that's not fine. Yeah. So it's very strange in that regard because, of course, US is, again, very different um, geographically set West. up with their states rather than how mm. we are. We're just one government. So um, it will be very interesting to find out how and when the season actually starts, you know, a couple of months down the line. Yeah, how like the um, you know the the Kansas um, well, the Kansas Chiefs and yeah. um, Philadelphia Eagles, for example, two comparisons and how they go against each other. Because if they go to Kansas, they'll be able to have crowds. If they go to Philadelphia, they're not. And I know there's mm. quite a few possibilities and quite a few planned as well. So there's like a middle ground. Um, it will be interesting how it all turns out. As you say, it will um, the sports science teams and uh, strength and conditioning teams are having to watch videos are they going to be allowed back in the next few months to be able to be tested on daily or weekly or ever whatever um, timely frame basis and would that be able to almost progress the sport a little bit so then crowds maybe not full capacity stadiums maybe at uh, you know 25 percent 30 percent capacity stadiums so there will be some crowds it'll be a bit quieter but it won't be like the football around europe at the moment where it's just you hear the coaches shouting what to do yeah so to your point um i know we said we wouldn't talk about the nba but just to touch on it what they did because the teams are much smaller they're able to get everyone in a bubble so they're able to test everyone that comes into they're having their playoffs at disneyland in florida so they're basically getting everyone into this bubble, testing them. And then, you know, everyone in there is clean. And so they can play their sports. American football, you've got, I think, 50 odd active players on a roster per team. You can't do that in, in American football where you've got, you know, all these teams in one bubble in one place in Kansas, for example, where they could just play out the entire season. It doesn't work that way. So, you know, they could do what the MLB has done, Major League Baseball, where they said, okay, teams can travel to different places to play games and things. But then there was a team, I can't remember the name, but basically their coaches and players were really, really irresponsible. And they've had like 10 positive COVID tests in the last month or so. And so their season's fucked now because they're losing their best players and some of their coaches. So... It's going to be interesting to see what the NFL does with that, whether they follow the MLB model of mm. you know, allowing players and teams to travel and things, or whether, um, yeah, whether they create these, these kind of bubbles in places where they're allowed to play. But then team, I don't know whether the teams would accept that. You know, I don't know whether um, Seattle, because I know it's not too great over there. They're still having to wear masks and things. I don't know whether Seattle would allow their team to play, play out their season in somewhere completely different for an entire season. So I'm just looking at it and it's saying that, um, mm. it, that they would actually allow a limited capacity. 
um, and it would have to be determined and approved by the local authorities. So th- is that, that for each individual team? Uh, Seattle Seahawks. Oh right, okay. So that that's only for them, um, but it, it all really varies on how things pan out the next few months because every single state has it differently and some states think that masks don't help some states think that um <laughs> we'll call them the karen states i don't think we need to call them anything i think they're quite evident what <laughs> states they are <laughs> but it's very interesting on how things will pan out over the next few months because of course mm. in europe it's very much a no crowds at the moment if things get better, then maybe we'll look at it. But even if you know things do get better, I don't think having crowds in the next year or so is, is a good idea because unless we've got a vaccine, it's always going to do. We don't have sufficient enough testing to be able to let crowds in. So there's going to be one person out of a 20,000 capacity mm. stadium, which is like the smallest capacity stadium you can probably get, which is Bournemouth. Um, so they're not even in the Premier League next year. But you look at you look at Formula One; they've got thousands of people turning up. You look at tennis; you can get like a thousand or a couple thousand people turning up to like a Wimbledon. And you look at rugby; you get thousands of people. You look at cricket; you get thousands of people. So all these sports. I'm, I've just realised I'm going on a tangent, but all I'm trying to say is that um, it, it, we've just got to be very careful. And I think that where the these teams in America have these planned uh, possibilities of bringing in people in I'm not entirely sure if that's the best thing to do yeah I mean it just to continue your tangent for a second we know here in the UK for football proper football none of this Yankee throwing shit <laughs> they're talking about potentially having some fans back in in October do you really think that's too early I think until we've got like minuscule cases, I, d- I just don't trust people. I don't trust someone not to have it and go to the shop or go and do something where they're not supposed to be. And then that's just, you know, someone walks by them, don't know it, and they catch it. And then just the spread of it just goes like that again. And I yeah. think a football stadium where most of them are quite crowded or whatever stadium, any sort of event where mm. it's quite crowded, it's so easy to do that. So these super spreading events are the last thing, and unless we've got a vaccine, which is going to take time to actually take out and get it out to people. So I and think, to develop properly. Yeah, and I think you know, 2020 has been a write-off for a good five months now, but 2021, I think that's on the way to be a write-off as well. As sad as it sounds, yeah. Um, from a a point of view that you want to go and enjoy and do things, go to festivals and that. I'm not entirely sure that I would say that I would be comfortable to go and do those things. Yeah. I mean, it, it really depends on the conditions. And yeah, I mean, coming, coming back to the whole point, which is that the NFL, obviously, there's a financial incentive for them to want to um, have fans back in. And that's obviously ticket sales and merchandise sales and things. Because the teams and, you know, the players will be making money off of that because there's also been talks and now this may be a little bit dated um but basically because the nfl has had such a loss of earnings will have such loss of earnings from this upcoming season you know teams have a salary cap 
there's potentially talks of them dropping the salary cap for this year in order to make sure that the the league is still financially viable. But then mm. that will mean potentially that players will opt out. Now, we're starting to see players opt out already. There's been a few here and there, um, some for the Patriots. So they opt out, so that basically means what? They don't want to play? Yeah, they don't want to play in the current conditions, um, given what the NFL has showed to them, you know, shown to the NFL Players Association. They said, these are the steps that we're going to take to make sure that the players are okay. And now there's some teams like the uh, LA Rams that have, that have done a pretty good job so far. They've, got, they've set up a weight room that's outside and you know they've got all the necessary procedures in place to make sure that they can practice properly and be safe whilst also train you know, for an upcoming season. So they, LA also have the right climate for that, don't they, to go and be able to train outside, whereas somewhere in Seattle, it might be true. a completely different case. Or you could be in Cincinnati where they've never had an indoor facility. That's a long-running joke, actually. They're one of the few teams in the NFL that doesn't have an indoor practice facility. So even oh, right. in December, in like when it's pissing down with snow or hail or whatever, they've still got to be practicing out there. So they're just really fucked off at that. Hardcore. Yeah, I that, know. They're right? ready to go then for training, aren't they? They can w- work out throughout anything and everything. Training Russian style. <laughs> With Putin's vaccine. <laughs> I clearly need it, don't I? <laughs> oh, that made me laugh. Can I, can I bring another funny little story um, to, to your attention? So yeah, please I, I, do. Before this, I was reading through some of the NFL news, and there's been a Seattle player, because I, I believe Seattle has been training, uh, having their training camp in a bubble. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, they've all been staying at one hotel and one player decided to sneak a woman into his hotel. And so he's now been cut from the team for that because they found out that he tried to sneak a woman in. So I'm assuming he's tested negative though. I would assume so. But it's just the fact that they can't have players breaking the rules like that. That was so funny. Like, dude, dude, you could have waited how many weeks or months and you'd still have your NFL career and you'd still have I'm sure lots of women throwing themselves at you. Yeah. It, uh, what I find, so going back to your point where All NFL right. players are opting out, um, I just find it incredible because, of course, the players are the ones who are actually putting the show on. But mm. at the end of the day, if they opt out, they don't get paid. No. So I do understand at the moment it's a bit of a shitty situation from both being an employer and being an employee. But at the end of the day, if you feel that threatened, they can't be struggling that much to say, actually, I'm not going to get paid this year. And of course, as this time goes on where they opt out, Mm. the more, the, well, yeah, the the quicker the employers forget about them. So they've been out of the game. Why wouldn't an employer, an American football club, go back to them and say, well, we want you unless they're, they're struggling and, really want to win and what you know unless the conditions are really extreme i don't see clubs going out their way to someone who's opted out of playing unless they're a complete superstar like like a tom brady but then again to be a tom brady you need to um, to actually be able to play and showcase your abilities which he has done for years and years yeah so i'm assuming that someone who's as experienced as tom brady is like oh screw it i'm just gonna go and gonna try and play on for whatever I have left, whereas it's more of the younger ones who are probably in their league who are saying no. I mean, you would know more about the specifics than me. So 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember specific players. If I'm being completely honest with you, I know that I I know that there was one Patriots player who I believe a relative of his has some kind of breathing condition, and that's why he's opted out. But you know, this this sounds like such a dick move, right? But I've been working all through the pandemic because I need to. Now they need to support themselves and their families. So it's it's a much harder case to say, oh, well, these guys should drop out because they're earning lots and lots of money while doing it. So it, do you see where I'm going? I completely understand where you're coming from. And it's this really weird, blurry line of, are they working class? Are they not working class? Because as we've pro- I've probably mentioned before, working at a... Uh, elite sports club being an athlete or being that performer you are the lower class because you're the one who is having to do all the hard work to Mm -hmm. earn the money for the people above you who are making those decisions whether to play you or not or those decisions to how the club runs so it's a bit of a weird one i think because they're clearly getting paid well enough from um, their sponsorships and their wages and bonuses and whatever other things they earn their wages from, I don't know. Um, unfortunately, I've not been in this situation to be able to see those um, six figures coming into my bank account on a yeah. monthly or weekly basis. Yet, yet, you're right, I've still got a chance. <laughs> but it, it's very strange that they can say, actually, I'm okay, I'd rather... Mm. sit down and um, spend some time with family and almost like take this um, I I don't want to say easy way out because you know in some conditions it definitely isn't but um, from what it looks like to the normal average Joe it certainly is exactly and you know when you've got all these things at stake it's very easy to see their decision Um, but yeah it's just it's just sad that we're being robbed of some some pretty good talents uh, that could be playing. It is really sad because at the end of the day, I mean, don't get me wrong, some of them probably do have very good brains, but if you get to an elite level, you you don't really have the academic side behind you. So what can you go and do that you're going to be really successful at? You're only going to be able to go and do something with um, with with your hands, whether it's you know being a some sort of plumber or that kind of working job rather than um, an office job don't get me wrong you could be a self-starter but that's that's a very long way around things so the success quote unquote would be a longer way around if you choose to sit out if that makes sense yeah exactly it's it's a much more long-term strategy as opposed to being an athlete where you get an entire lifetime's earnings dumped right there and then in your 20s if you do well you know, the lowest paid players in the NFL still do very well financially. Yeah, which is a really small percentage. If you look at how many people go and try and play elite sports NFL, yeah. you're probably looking at less than 1%. So those people are very skillful, don't get me wrong. But it's also a very different lifestyle to um, not being able to reach NFL and always being on that cut off of potentially making a team or not making a team and again going back to uh, a more European term in football where you drop down a few leagues say in league one or league two which is the fourth or third league equivalent in um, 
proper football, not the weird Yankee shit, where the earnings of a football player at a club who's mid-table, you know, not a very strong team, would be a wage of a normal office paying job. And when you think an office paying job, you can pretty much work it for 30, 40, 50 years. So mm. it's going to be a very stable job if you continue and don't fuck up. But being an elite athlete, it's more of a, I've got eight, five years here at my best. So after that, what do I do? And it is a, different, a completely different kettle fish. And of course, if you are earning six figures in a week, you probably can afford to sit out. It's not a problem. Yeah. But if you're, you know, struggling, well, I don't want to say struggling because it's still a good wage, but a office job wage where, you know, you're, you're earning, I don't know, however much, 30 grand across the whole year, 40, 50 grand across the whole year. It's manageable to live on. It's quite comfortable to live on. But also, it's not going to last to you a, um, the same amount as an office jobs person's um, career. So it's... It, there is a discussion point there and I'm not going to go into the um, specifics into every single player because I think NFL works slightly differently to what I know, but you've got a lot of sponsorship deals, which you could potentially do to boost your earnings, your different contracts. You've got different bonuses on appearances um, and what you do as a whole and what you prevent and all that sort of thing, which I unfortunately don't know. Mm. a lot about but i'm assuming that's very different to what um a normal average joe's 25 22k salary in an office is like yeah so the main thing with the nfl is your salary is not is not guaranteed so there like you've got a guy called cam newton who, who you probably aren't aware of he, he was a quarterback for carolina panthers and the date um, when his contract renewed for his final year were, was something like 24th of Feb or something like that. And it passed the date. So he was past the date by two days and Carolina still cut him. Now they paid him his bonus, which he was supposed to get, but then after that he got nothing. So he was still meant to have all of this money guaranteed. What I'm trying to say is that the NFL finds ways to screw players out of money anyway. So I find it very strange that you've got some players who are in this league where your earnings are so insecure, you know, you could be cut one day and then re-sign for le- less money than the following week, which, which happens, by the way. There, I, I, I've seen some stories of players who were re-signed for half their original income in the first place. So, it, it, you know, in, in, an, in a league where your income is so insecure, to choose to sit out when you don't know when you could potentially get re-signed because the team could just cut you and say, well, you're not going to play, so we'll cut you and not pay you. I find that a very strange decision when you, when you look at it like that. Hmm. It's very interesting how it's run because, of course, where you say contracts are just cut and they're re-signed, hmm. How is that legally binding to cut a contract and cut someone out to then just pay them the bonus and tell them to do one? Exactly right. It's I I don't understand the legality of it. I am not an expert in American employment law by any stretch of the imagination. But the fact that this happens is so dodgy. In the NBA, players have their wages guaranteed as they do in the MLB. 
So their wages are guaranteed, fully mm. guaranteed, not like they are in the NFL where they say that it's guaranteed, but in actual fact, you could get injured and then that'll be it. Now, there are certain trigger clauses for certain uh, guarantees. Like you look at Patrick Mahomes, he signed a contract extension that's worth half a billion dollars, right? That's including all of the bonuses and things. So that's assuming he hits all of his targets. So the contract isn't actually worth $500 million as a base level. That's including all the bonuses. And so one of the triggers for him to get his pay, to get paid in the 2023 season, is he has to start the first game of the 21 season, and then that's it. His pay for the next two years is guaranteed. So they, they'll write in certain clauses like that. but with some players they could just choose to not play them because they know what it, the implications are for the future as an example so they, mm. they they come up with all these different ways to screw players out of their money which you know and then knowing all of that to then choose to sit out seems really strange yeah just earn your money whilst you can even if it's for a couple of days exactly right before you can get cut and move on to the next team that's going to make you sit on the bench for less money yeah, that's that's incredible though. It, it, I think NFL is a is very weird on how it's run, but it's clearly successful. And when you look at the Super Bowl, it's mm. um, what the second most successful or most viewed, I should say, probably after like the World Cup final, um, which says it all considering American football is mainly in America. Exactly. Yeah, it gets. I, I can't think how many it is. It's something like seven hundred million views worldwide. It may mm. even be slightly more than that. And then the Football World Cup just eclipses that with 2 billion people. Yeah, but football, proper football, again, not like this weird <laughs> egg ball American shit. Um, it's, it, 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 you've got to remember the whole of South America, pretty much the whole of Europe, yeah. uh, the whole of Africa. It, it, it reaches out a lot more than American football because they're not trying to... Um, make it a national symbol of a sport that's not even theirs. Yeah, exactly. Whereas imagine if they make, kept proper football as an English thing. It wouldn't be very exciting. No, and imagine calling it English football. Like, what <laughs> fucking mongs call it American football? Well, they just call, in America, they just call it football, don't they? That's all they know. And you're like, you don't kick it. You kick it like five times a game. That's Maybe five times, yeah. Yeah, if the teams are playing particularly shit. <laughs> you know, it... Yeah, I wanted to just... I'll leave you... The, unless you've got anything else to say on the NFL, I'll leave you with this one final point, and then we'll talk about uh, Formula One. So there's, there's a quarterback called Alex Smith, right? He used to play for Kansas before um, being traded to uh, Washington what used to be the Washington Redskins, but are now just the Washington football team, right? He mm. basically, he suffered a horrible, horrible injury in his right uh, lower leg. Now, this basically resulted in him, it, he was very, very close to having it am amputated. Okay. So he would have, um, they, and they treated it like a military grade injury because the injury is so severe. And they had to, like take muscle from his quad and put that onto the front of his um, tibia and fibula in order to make sure that he can make use of his ankle and things. 
and he's been and he sustained this injury in 2018 they didn't think he was ever going to walk again he's now being prepared to be activated and being put into the active roster to potentially play um at least as a backup for washington which i think is so incredible because there's this amazing hour-long documentary which i saw on youtube i can't remember the channel i watched it on but it basically documented his journey from the day he got injured all the way through his recovery and it shows him relearning how to walk and things it's such an incredible journey and the fact that he's now potentially going to be playing football again with a gammy right leg because he still can't lift his foot but he can still apply pressure and you know run and jog and things when you when you see that whole documentary and you hear this news i just think i just thought it was so fucking incredible mm, it really sounds it so before we move on yeah employment rights we took we touched on them he got injured oh, yeah. who, who paid for it was it the club or was it him i really couldn't tell you mate i believe it knowing america it was probably out of his own pocket it's incredible isn't it playing for a club got injured playing for them and then <laughs> he has to pay for it anyway that's yeah well it was good to touch on nfl um unfortunately mm. i'm not and uh, an expert i would love it's been to more of an interview than it was like a podcast discussing it yeah oh, i i mentioned a few things about yeah yeah you did well don't it was a podcast it wasn't a interview. <laughs> <laughs> 